so last week, we kicked off our Heaven series, and we started to talk about what heaven will look like when we get there. And tonight, I want to talk about what we are going to do in heaven. What kind of things are we going to do? What is going to take up all that time, which is basically eternity? So I'm really, really excited about this topic because it's something that, like, no one really knows for sure what heaven is going to be like. And so it's really fun to kind of use your imagination to try and picture it. I remember when I was a kid, how I pictured heaven was like this ginormous hospital that was just like cramped with all these people. And like the only cool thing about it was Jesus was there, but like even he was bedridden and like his room was always packed with people so you could never go see him. Like, I don't know where I got that from. I guess I figured because when you die, you're sick. And so when you get up to heaven, you have to go to a hospital. Um, But obviously my young pessimistic brain did not do a very good job imagining paradise. And so now today when I picture heaven, I think it's a little bit more accurate. How I imagine it is basically the mesa and like one half of it is like springtime in the mesa where all the wildflowers are coming out and it's like so beautiful and it's perfect for four-wheeling because it's kind of muddy, the snow's melting. And then on the other half of the mesa, it's like this really snowy mountain that's perfect powder for skiing, but it's 70 degrees outside. And so it's awesome. And so I'm like going down the hill as fast as I can, going through moguls and stuff and like Jesus and uh, Moses and David or behind me and they're skiing right along with me and it's like so awesome and we get down to the bottom of the hill and there's just chicken wings just endless amounts of chicken wings everywhere but it's like they're soggy like they've been sitting out for too long they're just always that perfect like crunchy kind of texture oh it's so good and there's puppies I mean, there's gotta be puppies everywhere. And they're not like evil puppies that like bite. They're like the cute ones and they never get older. And it's just like, oh, that is heaven for me right there in a snapshot. But again, I hope that you guys were like kind of imagining what your personal heavens were looking like while I was saying that. Um, Because no one really knows for sure. Again, it kind of remains a mystery for the most part to us. We have what the Bible tells us, what it says. We have some scriptures. And then we even have some personal accounts from people who died and went to heaven and then came back. But Other than that, we pretty much have to fill in the rest of the blanks with our minds. And so that kind of begs the question, why wouldn't God just tell us exactly what heaven's like? I mean, we have a Bible that gives us all this information. Why wouldn't he just tell us all about heaven and exactly what's going to happen there? Well... I mean, obviously, God has his awesome, awesome reasons that are just perfect, and no one can really understand them for sure. But when I kind of thought about it, I felt like what he was telling me was one reason would be if you guys were to watch a movie trailer, and the trailer showed you exactly what was going to happen in the movie from beginning to end, all the plot twists, all the character developments, would you guys go then pay $12 to see that movie in the theaters? Probably not, right? Like, what's the point? You already know exactly what's going to happen. And I feel like that's kind of how the Bible is for us. The Bible is the perfect trailer of heaven that gives us just enough information where we can stay hopeful and interested and intrigued, but not too much where it might be kind of overwhelming. 
Um, I think that if a book showed every single thing about heaven, it'd be like uh, so huge and we would probably just like die when we looked at it because it's just so glorious and amazing. I think that another reason why God um, hasn't told us everything about heaven is because our relationship with him relies completely on faith. And I think that he likes that. He likes that we can believe in him without having to see everything for ourselves because we can have hope and trust and faith in him. And I think that he really appreciates that. And that's kind of his heart for us. I think the last reason that he told me was that because he wants us to commit our lives to him, because he genuinely wants us to have a relationship with him. Because if, it, if, we were, if we were honest, if we knew every single part about heaven and how absolutely amazing it was going to be, we might choose to follow him for the wrong reasons. We might choose to follow him because we want to go to heaven one day, not because we want a relationship with him. And so those are just a few reasons I feel like he hasn't told us everything, but I don't feel like it at all is him withholding information from us. I think that he gives us just enough, the perfect, perfect amount, which is really cool. And so tonight we are, we're going to be talking about heaven and how awesome it's going to be, but I asked for your guys' help throughout this sermon. So do you guys all see like the little thumbs up and thumbs down signs around your couches? Okay, so like each little segment of couches has their own. And I need your guys' help tonight to help us figure out kind of what the common questions are, what the common myths um, and false things about heaven are. And so what I'm gonna do is ask you guys um, about five or six questions throughout the service, and you guys are gonna give me your best answer. So like as a group, you can collectively talk about it and just give me your best vote. If it's a yes, obviously, thumbs up. If it's a no, obviously thumbs down. And it's okay to be wrong. Um, I know a lot of you guys are like pretty competitive in here and you want to like be keeping score and have the perfect answers, but we're not going to know the perfect answers because heaven remains a mystery and some of it is confusing and it's hard to know for sure. So if you guys don't get it right, do not worry about it. It's just for fun. It's just your best guess that you guys can get. Capiche? All right. You guys going to help me out with that? Okay, so when it's time, I will ask you guys to show me your answers. So the first question that we are going to cover tonight is when we go to heaven, will we become angels? What do you guys think? Well, you got to talk about it, Rachel. You can't just vote for yourself. It's a team effort. It's a team effort. I'll give you guys a couple of seconds just to kind of talk, figure it out for yourselves. Is everyone ready with their votes? Okay, interesting. So a lot of you guys said thumbs down. There's a couple that said thumbs up, so that's really good. Um, again, it's a really hard question, and it's something that I kind of struggled with figuring out. When I was researching for this sermon, I honestly did not know. I was like, Psh, will we become him? I don't know. Will we be angels? I'm not sure. So the Bible tells us no. We will not be angels when we go to heaven. Um, you're clapping. You don't want to be an angel? What do you have against angels? All right, it's fine. So when we go to heaven, we will not be angels, guys. The Bible tells us that very, very clearly. Um, it says, no, you're going to be human beings when you go up to heaven. And so that's really kind of something to look forward to, which is cool. But no, we will not be angels. Angels are completely different species, if you will. Um, I don't know if they're considered a species by scientists, probably not. Um, but you will not be, we are not the same species. Even though God created us both to serve him, um, we are not at all 
the same. That's really the only place where we are similar. And so God loves variation. He loves diversity. And so when we go up to heaven, of course, we will not have to become angels. And angels are actually really kind of fun and cool to talk about. Um, I think that they're really interesting. They each have their own personalities, their own um, kind of look to them. They have their own responsibilities, names, all that good stuff. So like there's Michael, who's the archangel, which is just like a fancy word for he's the boss. And so he's like the boss of all the other angels. There's an angel named Gabriel, and he's the messenger angel. And so he comes down to earth and delivers the messages from heaven. So all these different angels, but we will not become them. And what's really, really cool is that the Bible actually tells us that when we go to heaven, we will be in charge of angels. That's pretty cool, right? I did not know that whatsoever. Whenever I thought about angels, I always thought it was like divinity, holy trinity, where it's like... Father, Son, Holy Spirit, then angels, and then like us all the way down here. I thought that they were way over us, but that's not what the Bible tells us. 1 Corinthians 6, 3 says, don't you realize that we will judge angels? So you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in this life. So basically like get your life together because you're going to be judging angels one day, okay? But I thought that that was really cool. Like not only are we not the same as angels, we are above them and we will be in charge of them. And I'm like really looking forward to that because I'm super bossy. So like that answer. All right, moving on to the next question, number two, will we have the same identities as we do now? Will we have the same personalities, the same likes and dislikes in heaven? What do you guys think? Let's see. What does everyone think? Will we have our own personalities? Will we be you or us in heaven? Okay. So a little bit mixed again. Most of you are saying yes. Some of you are saying no. Okay. A lot of times, I'm not going to give you the answer right away. A lot of times we cannot find the answer to these questions about heaven in plain black and white in the Bible. There's no exact verse, there's no exact chapter that answers every single one of our questions saying yes, no, yes, no, in perfect black and white. So what we have to do is look at Jesus as our example. As a man who came from heaven, lived on earth, and then was resurrected again, he can pretty much be our example, and we can assume that our bodies and our feelings will be similar to him when he was resurrected when we are in heaven. And so let me ask you guys a question. When Jesus came back down to earth, did the disciples recognize him after being resurrected? Yes, right? Everyone knew exactly what who he was. Um, they were a little scared at first. They thought he was a ghost. They're like, this is really creepy. Why are you haunting me, Jesus? But they quickly got over it when they realized that he was the same guy. Same personality. Um, he knew exactly who they were. He knew them each personally. In Luke 24, 39, it talks about how Jesus comes down to the disciples and he says, look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can, say, you can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. So Jesus knew that the disciples were kind of confused, but he's like, hey guys, not a ghost. I still have skin. You can still touch me. I have holes in my feet and in my hands from where I was on the cross. I'm still the same guy. I've just been resurrected. And the same thing goes for us, guys. Our personalities, our thoughts, our histories, our memories will continue from earth up into heaven. So Pastor Brittany, you will still have the same laugh. Yeah. Everyone loves Brittany's laugh. Pastor JL, and I can say this because she's not here tonight, she, can, she will still say big instead of bag. 
Yeah. Speech, it's like a speech impediment, basically. Like, no, just kidding. I love you, Pastor JL. Um, I would still be the favorite intern, and Brandon would still be the least favorite intern. Like, it's going to be the same. That's my roast for this evening. Forgive me, Jesus. <laughs> but we will be the same people, guys. Your friends and your family will recognize you as you, and you will recognize them as them. You will know exactly who you are. You, they will know exactly who you are. And the best part is Jesus will know and recognize you, and you will know and recognize him. That is like something that I absolutely cannot wait for personally. Okay, next question. When we are in heaven, will we work? Ooh, it's kind of a hard one. Rachel, you have to collaborate with your team. I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> oh, Pastor Amelie said. <laughs> okay, go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. What do you think? Will we work when we go to heaven? We're kind of split here. We're kind of split. Okay. You can't go halfway. You got to commit. There you go. I like it. Okay. So this was another question that kind of threw me off. Because when I think of heaven, I feel like, oh, it's this place of rest. The ultimate resting place, right? Like rest in peace. Oh, that's a little morbid. I'm sorry. Okay. But it's going to be our ultimate resting place um, where we'll all have like sleep number beds and like bamboo sheets. And people will just like bring us meals in our bed. No, that's not heaven at all. That's actually not true. The truth is that we will work in heaven, but we will enjoy working. So how many of you guys work in here? You have jobs. Yeah? Yeah, minimum wage. Woo, super fun, huh? Yeah. So um, jobs right now, they're not, they're not the best, if we're honest. You know, they can be kind of hard, um, kind of unrewarding. We feel underpaid and undervalued sometimes. And then when you get a little bit older, you get into usually some better jobs where you feel like you put a lot of hard work in and you get rewarded and sometimes it's worth it. And so sometimes work can be awesome down here, but other times it can be really, really hard and unfulfilling. And the truth is that this goes back all the way to Adam and Eve. Now, you guys all know the story of Adam and Eve, right? They ate the apple, and then they disobeyed God, and then they were cursed. Well, part of this curse is that work will be hard, okay? It even says this in Genesis 3, 17 through 18. It says, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. Thanks, Adam and Eve, right? Because of you guys, work is hard and it hurts to have a baby. Like, I hope it was worth it. I hope the apple was worth it. Thanks, y'all. Yes, because of Adam and Eve and their curse, our work on this earth is not easy. It's hard, and a lot of times it can be so challenging that we don't even want to do it anymore. So when I tell you guys that we will have jobs in heaven, I promise you that you will actually enjoy these jobs because it says in Revelations 22, 3a, that in heaven no longer will there be a curse upon anything. So that curse, it will turn void up in heaven. There will be no curse upon us anymore so that we can enjoy our work. We can have fun doing it. We can feel fulfilled and successful and we won't have a bad boss and we won't feel undervalued and underpaid. And when I think about this personally, I'm like, okay, 
I'm down for that because like I always like to be doing stuff. I like to be achieving things. Even when I'm on vacation, like I feel like I have to be accomplishing something. And so when I think of spending an eternity someplace, I definitely want to have something that I can accomplish and feel fulfilled in. So that's really cool. I'm really looking forward to that. I'll probably be Brandon's boss. So that's awesome. Okay. (laughs) He's not here tonight either. So, woo. Okay. Moving on to question number four. In heaven, will we have feelings, wants, and desires? What do you think? Okay, so pretty much unanimously, everyone is saying yes. We will have feelings, wants, and desires. Very, very good. That is absolutely true. The Bible says that we were made in God's image, and God has feelings. He, uh, it's recorded in the Bible that he is said to love, laugh, take delight, rejoice, as well as be angry, jealous, and sad. And so because Jesus and God have feelings, of course we will have feelings, and we will feel them very, very deeply. But there's a catch. When I say this, you guys are like, oh, great. Like, I'm going to have depression in heaven. That's awesome. Like, that's so exciting. That is not at all the case, guys. In fact, in Revelations 21.4, it says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. So a lot of times here on earth, our bodies are plagued by depression, anxiety, pain, loss. We have all these hard, hard feelings. So sometimes we have the positive ones, but then the flip side, it's kind of negative, and it really is hard to have those feelings. So the Bible promises that all of those feelings will be gone forever, and I'm so looking forward to that. Aren't you guys? That's going to be awesome, huh? Okay, as far as wants and desires go, we will, of course, have these things. God and Jesus both have desires and wants as well, um, except on heaven or in heaven, we will not have bad desires. All of our desires will be good and they will please God. So I will not have the desire to procrastinate anymore. I will get my stuff done on time. And it's because we are no longer going to be tempted on earth, on earth, we're always tempted by the devil, but in heaven, he has no domain, no power there whatsoever, which is so awesome. So we will never have to worry about being tempted by that gross stuff that we are in heaven. And so that's really, really awesome. We won't desire to hurt ourselves or to hurt anyone else with our bad choices. All right. So the question we have all been waiting for, question number five, will we eat and drink in heaven? What do you guys think? I don't know, the kid in the video, he's like, no, we don't have to go to the, super, the supermarket anymore. What do you think? What do you think? Lots of thumbs up. You guys are smart, good job. Good job. Okay, just a couple more groups. It's like this group back here, you guys are like, you gotta really talk things over. Okay, we got it. All right, everyone said yes. Guys, if heaven does not have chicken wings and gumbo, it is not heaven. Absolutely not. We will eat and drink in heaven without a doubt. And many people are like, oh no, you're not gonna eat in heaven because our bodies won't need it. Like, you don't need food in heaven. You don't need energy and nutrition. I don't know where that voice came from, but. That didn't happen in rehearsals, but yeah. 
That's what they say, and they're wrong, you guys. They're so wrong. We are going to eat and drink in heaven. And guys, Jesus tells us this over and over again in the Bible. In fact, he even comes back after being resurrected. And one of the first things that he asks for is some food. In Luke uh, 24, 41 through 43, it says, still they stood there in disbelief, the disciples, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Watched. So Jesus proves right there um, that resurrected people can and do and want to eat food. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Um, so even several times throughout the Bible, Jesus also mentions having feasts in heaven, which is really cool. So guys, Jesus is such a foodie. He likes food so much that he even made it represent his blood and his body. Okay. Can I tell you guys a joke? I want to tell you a joke. Okay, so um, at 46.40 conference, who went? It was awesome, right? Okay, do you guys remember the last sermon that Pastor JL preached? It was on communion. Yeah, okay. So it was like this really serious moment, and the Holy Spirit was just in the room, and like people were crying, like people were getting like their faces just like all covered in tears. It was really, really intense. And all of a sudden I hear, hey, Madeline, and it's Jesus. And I was like, hey, Jesus, what's up? And he's like, hey, do you want to hear a joke? And I was like, um, I mean, it's kind of a bad time, Jesus, but you're, you're all knowing, so sure, go ahead. And so he's like, do you know why we use bread at communion? And I was like, oh, it's because it represents your body, you know, trying to get real religious with it. And he's like, no, because it rises. Oh, <laughs> And I start laughing in this really serious moment. And it's so embarrassing, but I can't help it because Jesus just told me the ultimate bread joke, okay? Jesus knows and he loves and he appreciates his food without a doubt. So guys, there's definitely going to be food in heaven. Jesus loves it. I don't think he would be heaven without it. And it's going to be spectacular. Okay, final question of the night. We're going to get a little serious, Okay. Will all people get the same rewards in heaven? Will all people get the same rewards in heaven? Kind of a complicated question. All right, lots of thumbs down. What do you guys think? Again, conflicting, it's okay. Okay, I think I'm just waiting on this back corner over here. What do you guys think? Okay. Ooh, okay, so there's some mixed answers in here. Okay, so last week, Pastor Will kind of started to answer this question where he talks about the things that we do here on earth will one day matter in heaven. And that's where he led you guys to pray this prayer of salvation where he asks Jesus into your heart and you ask him to forgive you. As soon as you pray this prayer, you're going to heaven. You are absolutely, without a doubt, 100% going to go to heaven one day. And so if you're thinking about it and you're like, um, I've never prayed the salvation prayer, please come find one of us um, at Blue Team and we will help absolutely you pray this prayer so that you can absolutely guarantee, without a doubt, that you will go to heaven. Um, but So it starts with the salvation prayer as far as the things mattering that we do on earth, but it does not necessarily end there. As soon as we ask Jesus into our heart, we're going to heaven, but the things that we do here on earth afterwards still matter. The things we do here on earth, they determine what our lives are going to be like when we get to heaven. And in some ways, people are like, okay, 
This sounds a little unfair. I live on earth where we believe in equality and like equal pay and equal rights. And I hear you, it is a little bit hard to think about. But the Bible says in Hebrews 6.10, for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. So this verse is telling us right there in black and white that we will be rewarded for the good things that we we do here on earth. That's pretty cool, right? So God sees the good and the positive things, the kind things that you do, and he decides he is going to reward you in heaven. As if a life and eternity in heaven with him isn't enough, he wants to reward you on top of that. So when a friend is going through a really hard time and you are there for them every step of the way, you get rewarded. When you choose to trust and obey and be respectful to your parents, you're getting rewarded. When you choose to be kind to kind of the weird kid at school, even though your friends aren't making fun of you for it, you get rewarded. God wants to give you something for it. But God doesn't only reward you for the good things that you do here on earth. He also rewards you for the hard things that you endure. Did you guys catch that? So not only does he ask you to be good, but he's saying if you go through hard stuff, I'm going to reward you for that. And I love our God for that. And so when I read this in the book that I was researching out of, I began to think of these people in my life, in my life who always seem to just be going through stuff. Do any of you guys know those people in your life who are just constantly facing challenge after challenge, battle after battle, who never seem to catch a break, and yet somehow they still manage to worship and give glory to their God? I can name a few people off the top of my head where I don't understand the things that they go through, but then when I read that, I figured out that they were getting rewarded for that. So maybe that's the person that's your neighbor who's a single mom who still manages to get to church every week and tithe. Maybe that's a family member who has like stage four lung cancer but still manages to worship God on a daily basis and trust in him. Or maybe that's you. Maybe even though you're just a high schooler, you have faced so much stuff. You have been through the absolute ringer, even at such a young age, and you don't know how much more you can endure because you've already faced so much. Whoever is, God promises not only to never give you more than you can handle, but he also promises to reward you for it. And I think that that is so incredible. James 1.12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And so the key words in there are patiently. Those who patiently endure testing, who go through it with grace, who go through it with kindness and love still in their hearts. And then another big word in, or few words in there is crown of life. So when we think of this crown of life, I think that it's something that you receive in heaven. That when you go to heaven, you see God for the first time and he puts this beautiful crown on your head. And you look at the jewels on it and you can say, that jewel right there, that's for staying strong even though my parents were getting a divorce. That jewel right there, that's from volunteering every single Sunday back in children's ministry with all the snotty babies, even though I could have been doing a thousand other things. That jewel right there, that's for being kind to the kid at school who has all these issues, even though I was made fun of for it. 
You can look at this crown of life and see every single part where God showed you mercy and wanted to reward you for the hard things that you endured. And I think that that is so amazing. God wants to reward you for the hard stuff that you have faced and it's when it's gonna really matter because our life here on earth is so short. Maybe 70, 80 years tops, but a life up in heaven, that's eternity. That's forever. And so the short time on earth, it matters so much because it determines what our eternity looks like. So does that mean that you need to earn your way into heaven by doing good deeds? No, like I said, as soon as you guys pray that prayer of salvation, you are guaranteed a spot in heaven forever, forever. But does that mean that you should only do good things in order to earn the rewards in heaven? No, not that either. Revelation 2.23 warns, it says, I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person, and I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. So this verse is God telling us that he knows our true intentions, our true desires, and the true reasons why we do things right here. It's warning us. And so if he sees that at any point our intentions are not pure in our actions, he's not going to reward us for those things. Our God is the ultimate judge and he sees when you are doing good things and he sees what you are going through and he will reward you for those things because he knows exactly what we deserve. And because of this, when we get up to heaven, we won't feel like we have to complain or be envious or be jealous about things being unfair because we will know that he is the perfect father who is fair and just and always is all knowing. So we won't have to have envy or resentment or any of those nasty things because we will know that the person next to us earned every single thing that they got and the same thing will go for us. And I know that this is kind of hard and kind of scary to think about, to know that God is always there watching, that he always knows our intentions and the things that are deep down in our hearts. But the truth is that if you think about God's love and his heart for us and the fact that he built us this amazing paradise for eternity, that he puts us above his angels, his heavenly servants, all of a sudden it's not so scary anymore because you can see his heart for us and how much he truly loves us. Guys, heaven is for real and it is going to be absolutely incredible, especially for those of us who choose to to live our life in a godly and a just way, just as he asks us to do. In Matthew 6, 33, it says, if you just keep your eyes upon him, the rest of everything else will follow. So if you're worried about how you're living a life, if you just choose to focus God on everything that you do, then the truth is that your actions, your desires, your wants, the way that you treat people is all gonna go in that direction too. So if you're following God, there's nothing at all to worry about. Guys, heaven is gonna be so, so awesome. Words cannot describe the amazing things that God has in store for us for the rest of our lives. I am so excited to get there. And next week, we're gonna be talking about who is going to be in heaven. So please come, make sure you bring your friends. It's gonna be an awesome, awesome service. Let's pray. 
Dear Jesus, we love you so much, and we just thank you for the fact that you love us enough in all of our undeserving ways to build us just this eternity in heaven that is absolutely going to be paradise. You know exactly what we deserve and exactly what we need um, to live fulfilling lives up there with you, and I'm so excited for all of us to be there with you one day. I just ask um, that you can remind us as we walk our lives in these next years to come, that you can just remind us that you are there for us and that you're always watching and that you're never going to deal us more than we can endure um, and that you're also going to reward us every single step of the way. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.